I'm sure that you have been watching all the chaos that has been happening in Afghanistan. It, it really is heartbreaking to see the photos and videos being posted on social media and the pleas for help in evacuating and relocating individuals and families that will surely be persecuted, tortured, and killed as all of this continues to play out. I know that polling in the U.S. has shown for quite some time that the majority of Americans want our troops completely out of Afghanistan. I understand the sentiment. We've been involved in combat theaters in the Middle East and Afghanistan for my entire adult lifetime. We've lost more than 2,400 servicemen and women in the military operations in Afghanistan. Those numbers are bad, but they come nowhere near the total loss of life as a result of the military operations. And that's not to speak of all of the injuries. Additionally, we've spent more than $2 trillion. That's nearly $300 million a day for 20 years. Those numbers are really hard to wrap your mind around. And then to watch Taliban fighters move in and reestablish their dominance in the region over a weekend is devastating, especially when you realize what that dominance in the region will mean for the people of Afghanistan. Watching people chase planes as they take off at Hamid Karzai Airport in Kabul and to hang on to the planes and then to fall to their deaths trying to escape what awaits them in Kabul. This is a horrific situation. I'm 7,700 miles away in a world totally different, far removed from the world of Kabul. And I'm grateful that I am not, nor will I probably ever be fearful for my life and the lives of my wife and children. But if I were, I would do everything in my power to secure their safety. I'm not a tearful person, but more than a few times over the last several days, I've had that kind of pit in my stomach and, you know, just kind of that hardness in your throat, really watching and reading about the things going on in Afghanistan and wondering, could this have been done better? I'm convinced that the answer to that question is yes, but this is the situation as it is. And at the same time, as all of this is going on, I've been reading through the New Testament book of Galatians. And this morning I'm in chapter three. I hope that you have been able to follow along with the reading plan that I'm following along with at thelisteningplan.com. In the final verses of chapter one, Paul writes about his early experience as a Christian when he was transformed from being an awful persecutor of Christians to a follower and preacher of Christ. And there we read, After that time I went up into the regions of Syria and Cilicia, and I was unknown by face to the churches of Judea which were in Christ, but they were only hearing, He who formerly persecuted us now preaches the faith which he once tried to destroy. And they glorified God in me. They glorified God in me. And then I was scrolling through Twitter last night and I read this tweet as I was. Oh Lord, might there be a Saul among the Taliban soldiers. May Jesus seize him 
save him, and send him to proclaim the gospel to the world. I've thought that very same thing multiple times over the last 20 years. It's easy to pray what we call imprecatory prayers, the kind of prayers where we pray, God, destroy these evil, unjust men. We pray with the psalmist, King David, God, pour out your indignation on them. Let your burning anger overtake them. It is just my nature to pray those kind of prayers. But it is much harder to pray, God, save them and transform them by your grace. It isn't only hard to pray such a thing. It is hard to imagine that any such thing could ever happen. On several occasions over the years, I've said to my church when talking about Saul of Tarsus before his conversion, I've said, I imagine that the early Christians were praying, God, let your burning anger overtake Saul, crush his teeth in his mouth. I think it is highly unlikely that there was really anybody among the early Christians that could have ever imagined what God was actually going to do. And in one respect, God did kill Saul of Tarsus. Paul writes later in Galatians, in Galatians chapter 2, I've been crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but Christ lives within me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Saul died, and by God's grace, Paul was reborn, born again. And so my prayer today is that the Taliban would die and be born again. Years ago, I remember hearing a message by a man named Michael Ramsden. At a certain point in his talk, he asked the tech people in the back to turn off the live stream that was putting it out on the internet and the recording. And for the next 20 minutes, he shared about the work that he had been doing earlier in that year. This was in 2011. And he shared that earlier in the year, in the spring, he had been working with an organization sharing the gospel and discipling young believers in a place called Abbottabad, Pakistan. If that name sounds familiar, it's because that's where Osama bin Laden was killed earlier that year by U.S.-led special forces in May of 2011. The new believers that he was discipling were former jihadist terrorists. Some of them were from Al-Qaeda. And I'll never forget one of the things that he shared, and I'm basically paraphrasing from memory, but essentially he said that when a terrorist comes to faith, a person who was willing to die for their ideology, and they give their life to Christ after they were willing to give their life as a suicide martyr, they become the most passionate and sold out evangelist that you've ever seen. And they're willing to live for Christ no matter the cost. That stuck with me. So, Lord, Save another Saul in Kabul. Do it again. Amen. We'll see you next time.